Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I'm also the founder of the Menopause Charity. In addition, I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Clinic here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today with me for my podcast, I have Diana Seaman, who is a Pilates teacher, who I've been connecting with remotely for quite a long time, actually. And now we're seeing each other on the screen, but I've still never met you face to face. But welcome. Thanks ever so much for agreeing. Thank to, you. Um, Thank you for inviting me. Today. Oh, so we've done a few or I've done a few podcasts about yoga, which is something that I practice. But actually, we haven't done one about Pilates and it's very much in my radar and in fact, I, when I was pregnant for the third time, I did Pilates all the way through my pregnancy. Okay. And um, it was great, actually. I really enjoyed it. I just haven't got time to sort of do everything. Mm. But it's one of those things that I think many people don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think, you might correct me, but I don't think it's the sort of thing you can put on a DVD and learn <laughs> through a screen if you've never <laughs> done it before. Because it's quite subtle, some of the movements. So... I'd really like to just start off really asking you what is Pilates and what what's the origins and what's okay. it, just explain okay. to yes. us so, novices. Yeah, no, I mean, Pilates has been around a long time. Joseph Pilates developed it, but it was kind of a well-kept secret, if you like. So he was around in the early part of the last century. He was German and he developed his own fitness program for himself because he was a sickly child. And he studied a lot of different things. He looked at what the ancient Greeks did. He looked at bodybuilding. He looked at all sorts of different things. And he developed his own program to help himself. Then when you know things changed, he was actually interned as a prisoner of war in the Isle of Man, funnily enough. This is after the First World, well, around the First World War time. And he worked with the prisoners in the Isle of Man. And when the flu epidemic was going on, the people he worked with, the men he worked with, didn't get the flu. And he was making, getting them moving. And even though some of them had lost limbs, he was developing ways of getting them to move using springs and different things from the beds, this sort of thing. So he knew he was very much onto something about looking after yourself holistically and being looking at diet, looking at um, lifestyle, looking at exercise. He was well ahead of his time. He wrote a book which is called Return to Controlology because it was originally called Controlology, which is a funny expression. And there are some really good books that you can read about how he developed his system. And eventually, after many things, he ended up in America because between the wars, he was training the German police force, but he didn't like the way things were going. So he left Germany and he met his wife, maybe not married, not sure, Clara on the way over on the boat. And um, she was a nurse. So he set up his own practice in New York and it happened to be next to the New York City Ballet. So he started to do a lot of training of the dancers who were injured, which is why a lot of people think that Pilates is what dancers do or it's a dancer's thing. It sort of got associated with that. And then fast tracking forwards in the late 60s, a man called Alan Herdman went over from London to the States and he trained in Pilates method and he brought it back to the UK and he was the first one to bring it back. And he had a studio from the late 60s, early 70s onwards in London. He's still going strong. And it's from him that everybody else has gradually learnt. 
But again, even when I trained 23, four years ago, you had to do an apprenticeship. So you spent two years roughly in a studio learning it on the job. And there was no training as they do now with mat work Pilates or equipment Pilates. It was the whole thing. Um, and it was very much about learning how to take the exercises because there are a number of exercises from the method and adapt them to the person. So it was always about making sure the exercise works for that person and changing it if it's not appropriate. So, yeah, which is so important, isn't it? Because we're all individual and yeah. as we get older, we all have different sort of even doing yoga, one side of my body is very different to another. And it changes all the time, doesn't it? Mm. And sometimes you can go for a walk and feel fine. Other days you can go for a walk and realize you've got a bit of hip pain or you've got a bit yes. of back pain or something else. So yeah. it's very important that certainly I think about some of the aerobic classes I used to go to as a medical student in the 90s and 80s. And they were very, you know, step mobility. <laughs> but it was the same class each time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe slightly different track, but it was very repetitive. And yeah. that's, that's not great, is it? To, no. To you want variety because you want your body to learn different things and respond mm. to different things because we have to. So, yes. yeah, so Pilates has, has got, I mean, it's had a number of sort of ventures into the wider world, which didn't sort of take off. And then I guess it would have been in the mid to late 90s, things changed. And I think it's probably on the back of the aerobic well, mm. that, that sort of wave that it happened because lots of people got injured. Funny that. <laughs> <laughs> and that coupled with people becoming much more aware of looking after themselves and of looking at things in different ways and trying to be more mindful about what they were doing. I think mm. it's sort of the time was right. And, you know, it hasn't looked back since. It's now, you know, when I started teaching, I had to explain what Pilates is. Nobody knew. But now it's everywhere. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? So my um, Pilates teacher I had when I was pregnant actually learnt, was taught Pilates after he had something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. It was a post-viral. Mm. And as you know, it affects the nerves that feed the muscles. And he became paralysed and couldn't walk. And mm. he used to be a contemporary dancer. Yeah. And so he had to learn how to walk. And he found it very frustrating not having the right sort of physio and mm. the right exercise. So he sort of learnt Pilates for himself and mm. then realised how much it could help. Mm. But actually he, like you, I can see behind your machinery. And mm. um, I hadn't used reformers before or used any of the equipment. And it's very different, isn't it, to just having a mat? It is. It is very different. The mat work is a component within the studio. And then within the studio environment, you've got the reformer, you've got the trapeze table, you've got the chair, you've got the barrel in particular. Mm. Those are the main pieces. And the equipment gives feedback in a different way. So you can use it for resistance or assistance. And mm -hmm. so in theory, the classical Pilates repertoire on the mat is the hardest thing to do. So that being said, it depends how you teach it, what you do. But mm -hmm. the studio environment, it's always taught in small groups. And it's about people really understanding what they're doing with their bodies and really supporting themselves from this method. So you can use it either as a conditioning method mm. or you can use it as a way of exercise, depending on how, you know, what you want from it. So something for everyone, which is really, yeah. really important. And you've developed this menopause Pilates program, hence our link. <laughs> <laughs> I have, yes. Well, basically, you know, I've been teaching menopausal women for 23 years, Pilates, mm. and I've taught them yoga and I've taught them gyrotonic and various different things. Then, obviously, coming to my own 
perimenopause and menopause, it's not till you go through it that you really understand it, you know. And even though I'd been teaching so many women and sort of thinking, okay, well, this doesn't make sense or this doesn't make sense. Once you experience it, you go, okay, right, I get it now. (laughs) So I had developed quite a lot of things working with them. But then with my own experience, I've developed that further. And although I absolutely love yoga and I love gyrotonic, I found with all the injuries in my own body from many years of doing loads of exercise that it was Pilates which was keeping me together and that I couldn't do what I normally did. So it's very much for me, menopause Pilates is about education. It's about helping women understand what's happening, why they're seeing more shoulder problems, why they might have Achilles tendonitis, why things aren't working like they did, why Mm. they get injured. So it's looking at that methodology in particular. And then it's also very much about the educational side about, you know, what's happening in menopause, because this isn't talked about enough. So in my studio, we are constantly talking about menopause. And, you know, I have age range from late 30s, early to late 30s into the 80s. And so we talk about it, all of us, Mm. um, which is great because, you know, and then they talk about what their mother said, what their aunt said, mm. and sharing information. It's really, really been interesting to see, even in a short period of time, the number of women who have gone from, oh, no, 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 you know, can't possibly take HRT, menopause is completely natural, to telling me that they're now using Vagifem. I'm like, whoa, mm. great, you know, yes. because the work you're doing, the conversation widening and opening up. But I kind of feel that in the Pilates environment as well, it's a great opportunity to talk about it and to understand what's happening and to understand how you can help yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it's really important, isn't it? Because so few of us have time to go and see a doctor or we sort of feel a bit nervous talking to our doctor because you think, well, it's a natural process. Like you say, why would we go and Mm. pester a doctor who's going to be very busy, especially now? It can be quite difficult to see a doctor face to face. But Actually, to have other environments that are less formal, if you like, yeah. actually you can get more information. Yeah. So to have Pilates, and often, you know, when you go to a regular class, you're seeing people in your class probably more than you're seeing your friends. Aren't yeah. You? So, yeah. But it's really important that people are given the right information because, as you know, for many years and decades women have been given wrong information so there's all this misconception so to have a safe environment where people with knowledge are helping each other that's really powerful isn't it it is and you know my a lot of the women I teach came off HRT in 2002 because Mm. they were told to and you know they now say they wish they hadn't Mm. so I've got a lot of women who are in that age group and then I've got those coming up who you know, I've a number the number of times I've had women come in for their first one to one and then they just burst into tears and they say, I don't know what's wrong with me. And then I just say, Well, have you thought you might be perimenopausal? And they haven't heard of it. No. So it's having that time, as you say, to talk mm. about it, to feel it's a safe environment. And you know, within menopause Pilates, within Pilates, we talk about pelvic floor, we talk mm. about breathing, we talk about integrated movement in the body, we talk about understanding how you use your hips, how you use your shoulders. It's a lot about body awareness, developing body awareness and understanding your body because menopause is a great opportunity to actually make changes, to understand what's mm. happening, to learn something new. And I guess, well, because of how I teach and where I've been, 
in this area for such a long time, I tend to get people refer to me who have got problems. That tends to be how it is. You know, they've got back problems, joint problems, they've had surgery, or they're in pain. I have a good connection, most Pilates teachers will, with osteopaths, physios, and chiropractors in the area. So, you know, they might say, oh, you're sending this person to you, got this issue or whatever. But a lot of women, as they get older into the menopause, are losing their muscle strength. And they don't know why and they don't understand why suddenly they can't do what they did or things are hurting because they've got inflammation. So, you know, educating and understanding what is happening is critical. And a lot more women are hypermobile than realize they are. Mm. And that really starts to, or can start to cause issues once you hit perimenopause. Yeah, and it's so important because... A lot of people don't realise how important oestrogen, but also testosterone, the hormones are, yeah. and being anti-inflammatory yeah. in our muscles and joints, yeah. but also building our muscle strength. So a lot of women are now realising the importance of osteoporosis because one in two women over the age of 50 will develop osteoporosis if they don't take HRT. Mm. But actually, you need your muscles to support your skeleton. Don't exactly. You? And exactly. it's not so much about wanting to keep skiing until you're 80 or keep you know doing triathlons, but but actually, it's about holding your Zimmer frame. It's about being able to get out of the bath. And that's what's really important. I know yeah. it sounds really silly. No, no it's, but it's actually, functional. I functional. see so many women, or I have done over the years, who have said, I don't need to do exercise. I'm not into that muscle, you know, that toning, mm. whatever. It's a waste of time. Mm. But then they're the ones that can't get out of the bath, can't get out of the chair. They've got yeah. no thigh muscles. They've yeah. got no arm. And this sort of sarcopenia, this loss yeah. of muscle mass is so common and it's not really thought or taught about very much no. to people. You know, even this morning when I was teaching, some of the ladies were saying, well, you know, I've been walking, I've been walking. I said, yeah, walking is brilliant, but it is not going to build muscle the way you need mm. to build muscle, you know, and that's quite a difficult thing to understand mm. that you have to do more than your daily living in order yes. to improve your daily living as you get older. Mm. It's quite a tricky one. And of course, the other thing which is something I come across a lot is weight gain, obviously, for women as they hit menopause. And Pilates is great because it's very often accessible to women who've gained weight. And it's, again, about feeling you can move and you feel safe and you don't feel that you're in an environment where people are looking at you. And so you can start to make changes. You can use Pilates as part of a weight loss program as well. But then again, you you know, we see a lot of Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, which come with the weight gain. And then, of course, more inflammation because mm-hmm. the estrogen is depleting. So it's really trying to link everything together a lot of the time for mm-hmm. women so that they understand that this is happening because of that. And yes. if you want to be strong into old age, then the functional exercise, maintaining, keeping your weight under control, you know, having a lifestyle which works for that is going to be beneficial. Yeah, and I think it's important, isn't it? Because obviously I am very pro-HRT because for the majority of women, the benefits outweigh the risks. But whether a woman takes HRT or doesn't take HRT, mm. she's still got to look after her future health. There's yes. no point me taking HRT and doing no exercise exactly. and exactly. eating chocolate every day. But it's very important when people feel well, they often, the first thing that goes is exercise, isn't it? And yes. I think it's very easy to have an excuse that you're too busy or you're yes. too tired. Yeah. And it happens to all of us. We all sort of find it hard. But actually, if you have it as part of your routine, and yeah. even some very 
simple things. Obviously, it's a real luxury to be able to go to a studio with equipment, but you can still do Pilates at home, can't you? Absolutely, definitely. And, you know, mat work Pilates is accessible to everybody. And, you know, there are a lot more teachers around. So, yes, you can do it in different ways for sure. Mm. And it is accessible. And I think the great thing about going to a class, which, of course, has been very difficult of late, is it gives you that regularity. And a Mm. lot of women who come to class don't particularly like exercise, but they're happy to be taught or they're happy in the group because of the social aspect as well. Lots of them do, but, you know, there are definitely those who say to me, I hate gyms, I hate this, that and the other, but Mm. they'll come and do Pilates. So it's that continuity. And it's surprising how much even one class a week will make a difference. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, I think we can all do more, couldn't we? But even doing once or twice a week really makes because it's it's continual and and certainly everyone I see in my clinic I always ask about their diet and their exercise and Mm. I can often tell the women that exercise and Mm. you can also sometimes I find tell the different type of exercise a woman does just by the way she is and I don't know what you think but certainly as we get older I think some of their sort of high energy hit type classes can be quite detrimental for that cortisol or that stress yeah. the sort of high impact if you've got dodgy knees pelvic floor is not great yeah. it's not yeah. going to be ideal is no it? no that's where yoga and pilates are great because mm. they support the system they teach you to work with your breath and you know we have got to nurture ourselves we have got to look mm. after ourselves and women are so bad at looking after themselves yeah. because they're always looking after other people and if they just would give to their own body the care they give to other people that would be a great starting point and I think also you're right because many women are used to running or doing high mm. impact exercise for stress relief which yes. is actually possibly not the best thing to do yeah. anyway but once you get to perimenopause very often, you know, anywhere or tear or areas of inflammation just kick off. So you, mm. they can't do what they did. So understanding that, but not sort of thinking, okay, well, that's it. I can't do anything. Yeah. But actually modifying, finding another way around it is a good thing. And understanding that, you know, if you are hypermobile, then your tissue is going to need more support, more strength, because mm. you don't get the feedback. And unfortunately, the ligaments, which are really overworked in that range, get more lax again because of the lack of estrogen get more pain so building up the strength and again I mean I'm very much in favor of HRT but I know it's a personal choice but I you know I will always say to a a woman who's had surgery who's got back problems or any issue have you considered it because it's going to help the pain it's going to help inflammation it's going to help you build strength and actually it should be considered because Mm. it is really in many ways, it's a no-brainer if you can take it, even if you don't want to take it forever. But if you've got pain and you cannot get out of that cycle and no physio is helping and exercise isn't getting there, it might be that's the missing element. Yeah, and sometimes it's very difficult to know if someone is perimenopausal or even if they're menopausal, is there pain related to their yeah. lack of hormones? And, yeah. and often we give HRT and there's different types different doses but we give it and then review people and sure. so many women say to me goodness me those pains have just melted away yeah and you know then it's released their hormones yeah if it doesn't help then obviously it's exactly not. there's something there's, else going on yeah and there's other benefits of taking HRT but it's certainly worth at any age we recently had someone in our clinic who started for the first time HRT age 91 <laughs> 
wow that's quite an achievement isn't it but you know the beauty of it is it can be tailor-made so it's um, just a small dose sometimes and even a small dose can actually help protect the bones and osteoporosis is so important isn't it it's but it's not a condition that is spoken about much because it's always cancer that gets the front page or heart disease osteoporosis doesn't have the same People just think it's just something that we have and it's not going to cause any problems. Yeah. Yeah. But osteoporosis of the spine is a real issue. Mm. And we our whole core strength is so important, isn't yeah. it? I think people don't realise until they don't have it. It's exactly. like exactly. back pain, isn't it? A lot of people have degenerative back yeah. condition, yeah. but they don't know until they've had a scan or they've had a problem. Yeah. But it's trying to preserve what we've got for as long as we can. Totally. And that, you know, again, Pilates works on strength, works on mobility, flexibility, works on bone loading, body awareness, awareness of the pelvic floor. Because again, this is a whole area which women don't talk about, you know, incontinence Mm. and all of this needs to be brought out into the open. Because again, there is so much that can help. If you know. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I mean, menopause is a real taboo, but actually urinary symptoms, so Mm. incontinence, whether it's urge or stress, you Mm. know, lots of people find they can't cough or sneeze. Yeah. They couldn't run without wearing a pad. But they won't get help because yeah. they just think it's part of getting older. And yes, um, <laughs> and it shouldn't be. No. You know, it, or they'll no. say, "Well, I don't. I only have a little leak. It's not yeah. that bad." Yeah. Well, actually, if you're having any yeah. leak, then it needs yeah. to be seen. Exactly. And, but it is if preventing by keeping your pelvic floor as strong as possible mm. can make a real difference. And yeah. it's not until you haven't got those muscles. My pelvic floor is quite strong because I do yoga, but. I had a hysterectomy a year ago and I obviously wanted to do my pelvic floor muscles. I couldn't even feel them, didn't know they existed yeah. <laughs> straight after the operation. And it was quite a shock, actually, because yeah. I thought, goodness, these muscles have always been there. They're just there for me. I can do my pelvic floor muscles while I exercise when I'm cleaning my teeth. And I suddenly it was like I they didn't exist because yeah. they, they'd been damaged, obviously, by the surgery. Yeah. And it made me realise, goodness, it's so important to try and keep what you've got. Absolutely. you've lost it, it's really hard. Yeah. But muscles are very forgiving aren't they and they've got great memory but they even if someone hasn't exercised for a long time and is too scared if you like to go to a gym you can start very slowly with Pilates very much so yes that's the great thing about it. it's really adaptable and mm. depending on obviously the experience and style of the teacher you can adjust things to suit people very much so and that is for me my menopause Pilates program which is very exciting. I'm going to roll that out next year for mm. Pilates teachers to do a, a CPD focused purely on menopause and on the type of exercises which are nurturing and the type of exercises which are strength building and all the different aspects to look at and conversations to have. Because, you know, if you were young, you know, when I was a 34-year-old Pilates teacher, I wouldn't have known how to talk about vaginal dryness how would I so but actually if you have the information and you have a structure and you know how this can be taught and talked about then it's very doable so it's all about education to me not only so this is a program for other teachers yes so I'm I'm going to that's hopefully coming out at the beginning of next year along with my new website and it is so that's 2021 isn't it yes sorry And it will be a very practical CPD for teachers, which doesn't have to be Pilates teachers. It could be fitness teachers, personal trainers, to give them 
much more awareness of menopause and what is required for women in this mm. age. And looking at also signposting how you can help not only the women you're teaching, but as a teacher, where you can go for more resources as well, where you can train more in different things to support mm. the work you're doing. So again, it's about getting it out into the community more and making it practical for everybody. Because for me, teaching is practical. It's about making a difference and yeah. it needs to make a difference for everyone. Absolutely. So is this the first menopause Pilates course? It will be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's brilliant, isn't it? Well, another reason I thought, actually, you know, this is so needed. And whilst I've been working in this field for such a long time and kind of been taking it for granted up to a certain point, you can't take it for granted because, Mm. you know, there are ways to help women. And if I can help younger teachers figure that out more quickly, Mm. so much the better. Absolutely. And I certainly hope that my generation is the last generation of really suffering with so little knowledge and it's it's so important that everyone helps everyone and actually I just want to publicly thank you because you did a Pilates class in aid of the charity recently and I was there doing it and it was really fun actually to do Pilates and it made me realize how easy it is for anyone to do but you could take it as much as you wanted or as little as you wanted but it was a fantastic class but it was great to see so much interest and support and actually for some of you that might have seen on my story before it was your children were really supportive and yeah that that was just so lovely because for them to be proud of what you're doing is really key I remember a couple of years ago one of my daughters who was 14 at the time told me off because I'd mentioned vaginal dryness on my Instagram (laughs) and people at school were making fun of her (laughs) And I did say, well, do you know what? I'll close my Instagram account if I'm going to embarrass you because the last thing I want to do is embarrass you. I want you to be proud of what I'm doing. Mm. And now, because I've got so many Instagram followers, they think it's amazing. Of course, yeah. It's all right. (laughs) But uh, to me, you know, I work very hard, but my family are the most important thing in my life. So Mm. actually to have your children supporting Mm. you, Mm. and I'm sure they're very excited about what you're doing next, aren't they? They're, They're hugely supportive. They're great, actually. And I'm really, I'm so fortunate because both my sons will ask me, how are you you know and we talk Mm. about menopause they want to know and it's great because they are opening up the conversation with their friends Mm. and asking them well what's happening to your mothers or you know your aunts or and Tommy who was the one who was doing the promoting for me you know he said to me well what about biological females who don't Mm. associate themselves as women you know what about them I said yeah because for the younger generations you know they're so much more open to so many different things Mm. and making those links and connections and no he's great he said coming back on the train the other day he said I could hear this woman talking about her HRT and I wanted to say oh what sort are you on are you on body identical and what's your dose (laughs) (laughs) he said I mustn't those I can't do that he said that would look really Mm. weird but they are really it is great because I think the more Mm. they can have a conversation normalize it exactly it is normal and we need to be able to talk about it and whether it's with our hairdresser or our pilates teacher or with our doctor it doesn't matter it's just talking totally yeah and the other day a lady said to me that she'd never had such a relaxed conversation about the pelvic floor and urging continence and I said well no you know we just have to talk about it but Mm. it's all too hidden so we have to get this out really yeah, do absolutely and no, it was great fun doing that class I really enjoyed it and we had a lady in Australia we had a lady in France we had people in Ireland so it was great it was really lovely really and great that's one do. of the few good things isn't it about lockdown and coronavirus yes. that it's linked communities together and it has. 
the ability to share knowledge in a very quick, actually, way yeah. globally is really key, isn't it? And there's a big movement. I think we all want to help each other and we want to do as much as we can to help yeah. and be healthy because at the end of the day, I know I'm a doctor, but I don't really want people to see me who are ill. I want to try and help <laughs> prevent disease. Yeah, exactly. So we can avoid the NHS and we can avoid going to doctors and the more we can help by offering a really holistic approach by yes. doing exercise and finding the right exercise for each person totally is really important so, very much so yeah no it's really really useful so before I go would you mind just sharing three tips and it would be really useful for three tips for people who are a bit nervous about Pilates so three things to get mm. them started okay so I did think about this <laughs> oh good I'm very pleased um, to <laughs> And I think for me, viewing menopause as an opportunity to learn something new, mm. Pilates, it might be something else, but obviously in terms of exercise, to look at Pilates as a new possible way of finding an enjoyable form of exercise, which is going to support you ongoing. If you're going to do Pilates, if you possibly can, have a one-to-one that is mm. the best thing you can do with a teacher and find a teacher who is recommended. So a friend of a friend or, you know, you've read about them somewhere or you've checked them out, you know, so or from a physio or recommendation. If you can't find a recommendation, then there are a number of really good Pilates schools which have got websites which will tell you where teachers are in your area. So if you just Google, you'll come up with Polestar Pilates, Body Control Pilates, Stock Pilates, Pilates Foundation. You'll find some well-known schools and they will have a register of teachers. If you can't afford to do a one-to-one, because I know it's not for everybody, see if you can share a session with a friend. Because if you just have that initial tuition, which is more detailed for you, and you start to really understand what the teacher is saying to you, that's going to stand you in good stead. Then give it time because it's like learning a new language and we don't expect to speak French in three lessons. So even though it's our body and we've been living in it for X number of years, you'll be asked to put together things, movements and breathing and various things which might make you feel you can't do it. But you have to give it time. Have patience. Be curious. Give yourself at least six weeks, if not longer, to start to have a feel for what you're doing. Very good advice. Excellent. So no excuses for anyone listening. (laughs) So so, well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Brilliant. And keep up the good work is all I can say. So thanks ever so much. Thank you. I love doing it. Thank you. For more information about the perimenopause and menopause, you can go to my website, menopausedoctor.co.uk or you can download our free app called Balance, available through the App Store and Google Play.